Welcome back to Orange Nation Artist of the Day, Stone Temple Pilots, Steve. All right, uh, and with that, let's get to our final guest. Uh, he is the executive producer at Westwood One Sports, part of his 34th Super Bowl, 25th as the executive producer. Howard Denneroff is our, our guest on the show. And, and Howard, uh, our apologies first and foremost that Paulie doesn't know how to do his job and uh, <laughs> failed to tell you when to call, but we appreciate you calling in. No, don't blame Paul. You're happy to join you guys. I'm trying to juggle, and this is not hard, obviously. I was actually a math major at SU, a dual major, but I'm in mountain time zone with Phoenix because they don't move the clocks, and I'm living in West Coast time because I'm living out in L.A. now, and I'm, you're calling on the East Coast. And so <laughs> so I'll, I'll take some of the blame, too, but happy, happy to join you guys and uh, looking forward to an exciting uh, matchup next week. But I, I could use some more time if they can delay the kickoff. I'd be happy. <laughs> yeah, I bet. And, and I guess with that in mind, can you give us an idea of what goes into the broadcast uh, you know, for the Super Bowl? I mean, this is obviously something you spend a lot of time uh, and, and effort and hours putting together. Give us an idea of, of how much preparation goes into this. Well, our coverage uh, next Sunday will begin at 2 p.m. Eastern, and kickoff isn't until... 6.40 or so, 6.30, 6.40, depending on how they set it. So that's, you know, four and a half hours of, of pregame coverage. We have shows all week leading up to it. We're doing a preview show this weekend uh, in advance. So it's it's a lot of uh, interviews with, with players and the coaches of the two teams. It's also trying to line up interviews and record interviews and edit interviews with um, other people that make sense. For example, the Kelsey's mom, Travis and Jason, we're trying to set up a one-on-one interview with her about how she's going to feel that day, whether we interview her that day or in advance. We did a similar thing when the Harbaugh's coached against each other 10 years ago in Super Bowl 47. We had Jack Harbaugh on, uh, and he was miserable <laughs> because he felt that you know one one uh, he was going to be hurting for one son no matter how happy he was for the other son. Right, and so we imagine Donna Kelsey will say the same thing, but we're going to try and talk to her. Um, and you know, we also do a bunch of historical pieces that we put together. It's the tenth anniversary, not just of the Harbaugh uh, coaching against each other, but the um, the blackout in the Super Bowl. So we're going to do a retrospective piece on that. We're doing a special piece on the fiftieth anniversary of the perfect season, or the greatest season by any football team of the Dolphins in nineteen seventy-two, as part of our four and a half hours of coverage and so you know because you don't want it just to be straight interviews and straight stats and you know keys to the game and things like that we have to make it interesting and different throughout and so we're doing that we're trying to get on some past heroes of previous Super Bowls for their thoughts and and so it's a lot it's a lot of legwork the technical part of it is um is quite challenging as well uh it's our biggest broadcast of the year both audience wise scope uh, time, you know, all of, all the reasons why everybody loves Super Bowl Sunday is the biggest and the best of everything, right? And so our broadcast has to kind of reflect that, and so that's a challenge every year that we love uh, love doing. Howard, how many people are working under you to get this broadcast on the air? You know, it can't just be you doing it. Yeah, no, no, and I'll give you, so So Paulie knows this, because if you're doing like a regular basketball game, you know, it's a handful of people. If you're doing a regular football game, sometimes it's between 8 and 10. Uh, for something like this, 
we'll have 45 to 50 people working on the broadcast, which is not normal for a radio broadcast of any of any magnitude. The uh, only thing that's equivalent of that would be an Olympics or the or March Madness when you have all the games going on simultaneously. But you know, it's 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 a five engineer job. It's a five or six producer job. Um, you know, there's about eight people on the air talent wise uh and then just a lot of behind the scenes people helping with everything in between so it's uh it's it's a great undertaking uh like i said it's a it's a challenge i have not missed one since i graduated syracuse i've been very fortunate started at cbs radio started working on the super bowls early um did several of them in spanish for the spanish language broadcast did some just did pre-game halftime post-game some did the game, um, and so I've worked every one of them, and uh, just you know, try and make. I'm still striving for the perfect broadcast, knowing it's probably unattainable, but I'm trying. We're trying for one. Do you uh, find yourself leading up to the Super Bowl rooting for certain teams to get there because there's these great storylines you want to tell, or does every game, you know, just naturally have its own storylines? And to you, it doesn't really matter who's there. Yeah, it's a great question, and and my answer is not going to be anything you expect. I generally root for teams that have the best PR staffs because it makes my life a lot easier. <laughs> and so it, it doesn't. You know, the truth is, every matchup would have a story, right? If San Francisco had beaten Philly the other day, you have the Brock Purdy story, and you also have a rematch against Kansas City from a few years ago, right? Had it been the other way, had. Uh, had Cincinnati won, you know, and they played San Francisco, well, they played them twice before in Super Bowls and had lost both of them. And so Cincinnati's still going for their first. So there's always a storyline. And, you know, the beauty about doing a national broadcast is that we can be excited for both teams and we can tell the stories on both sides and let people determine what and who they're rooting for, you know, and what they find interesting. And like I said, as, as doing this for so long with Westwood and CBS radio, you know, we have a vast archive so we can pull old highlights out that are relevant, um, and make, make the show better for, for people as well, because I know a lot of people like to, you know, it's just like NFL films on video. You, you like to hear the old audio. You like to see the old video. It's that you put the old music underneath it. Um, and it sounds great. And so, um, so I honestly, we, we don't root because the best part is we know we're doing the Super Bowl regardless, right? If you're working for Cincinnati radio or Jacksonville radio or you know, pick a team, you're rooting because you want to go, right? We're going every year, no matter who, who's in it. So I, I long ago stopped, stopped rooting. All right. All right. It's not fair for me to ask you this with one minute, I'm sure, but you do the final four in the NCAA tournament. You've given me, you, you were nice enough to give me a tour of the press box when you were putting that together. Is this an easier or harder broadcast than when you're doing the tournament, when you've got people in different locations doing that first round game, the first four, you know, the final four, yeah. what, what's harder? The answer is this is much harder than the final four. But it's not harder than the first weekend when you have four venues or, or you know sixteen games going on per day. Uh, that is a is a harder day when you're live. It's not harder to prepare for. The lead up to it is not as hard, but the the ex- execution of pulling off sixteen games overlapping with all the necessary elements is harder in the moment. This is still just one football game, right? Like coaches say this all the time with the Gene Hackman line from the movie Hoosiers, right? 
it, when you when they tip the ball up, it's still the ninety four four foot court, right? So the football field is still a hundred yards, regardless. Once they kick, it's the same thing. It's just everything leading up to it that is much harder and much bigger. So I don't know if that answers it, but that's yeah. that's kind of the way the way I look at it. And so it's. Uh, I'm happy when we get to kickoff because then it's just a football game, except for halftime, of course. Right, of course, of course. And and Howard, listen, we're up against the end of our show, so we do have to let you go. But thanks so much for coming on, and uh, and best of luck uh, with uh, with your 34th Super Bowl. Uh, and we will uh, will certainly all be listening. Thanks for having me. You can listen online on your mobile app on uh, uh, stations around everywhere. So this thank station. you and uh, and enjoy the game. That's right. This very <laughs> station you can listen to the Super Bowl. That's, Thanks that's for right, coming right on. There. That's right. That's right. Uh, Howard Deneroff, our guest on the show. And with that, we gotta we gotta run. Paul. Quick, Steve. Yeah. Shaggy. The day the music died. David Bowie. The Kinks or the Beach Boys. The day the music died. So you want me to do all of those artists? Don't you think so? And American Pie. All yeah. right. Well, it's like we'll, a history lesson. We'll we'll. We'll mourn the day the music died tomorrow. All right. We got to run. Brian Higgins coming up next in the 315.